3: And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ and Bucky back with you. Buck. How are we doing, man? Man, we're great. Uh, DJ, we're in the
4: thick of it. I love this time of year. Like, we got the holidays on the horizon. That means that we're getting closer to conference championship games in the collegiate football landscape. We got a couple rivalry games on the horizon. We have the football kind of making a turn. Like now that we're past the midpoint, we're beginning to kind of get Teams know their identity. We're kind of getting that playoff push. And, you know, we're beginning to dig into some of these prospects that we'll certainly talk about once the calendar flips. And so it's a really exciting time, a busy time, but an exciting time.
0: No doubt. Uh, Today we're going to get back to our rookie scores, uh, see which uh, rookies are having the most impact, which teams are getting the most impact from the rookies. We update that every week. So that's coming, Uh, as well as looking at the big game of the week, which is not a surprise. It is the uh, Super Bowl rematch with the Chiefs and the Eagles, which should be a lot of fun. So we'll dig into that one. Uh, In just a little bit. But a couple of pieces off the top here. First of all, Deshaun Watson, uh, he's done for the year, uh, unfortunately. Looks like he was trying to play through an injury, then got another one. Uh, Broken bone in his throwing shoulder, fractured shoulder. So he's done for the year, which is unfortunate, not just because you're losing your starting quarterback, but on the heels of him playing his best half of football since he'd been in Cleveland in that win over the Ravens.
4: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate. It's unfortunate for a few different reasons. One, going back a couple of weeks, there were questions about Deshaun Watson's toughness and whether he had a real injury or not. I think that we, on the outside, should always kind of reserve judgment when players are talking about what they're playing through or whatever and just kind of have enough grace to kind of deal with that. Two, I think it's unfortunate for the Cleveland Browns because this is a team that is kind of well-positioned to make a playoff run. Despite losing Nick Chubb and not having their bell Cow running back, this is a team that with their defense and with Deshaun Watson appearing to turn the corner, they had a legitimate chance. Now you put him on the shelf, man, how far can this defense take them with a rookie quarterback in DTR being able to kind of take over the the the, the reins. Uh It's just really, really unfortunate that the Browns thought that they were solving one of their biggest problems a few years ago when they paid and acquired Deshaun Watson, and yet they still have a huge question mark, first because of the suspension and now because of the injury. Look, it'll be the third year next year of him coming on board, and we still are not anywhere close to knowing if he's the right fit for what they want and where they want to go.
0: Yeah, and obviously Houston worked out great for them. Um, You can say they upgraded at quarterback with the way C.J. Stroud has Mm -hmm. played uh, since he's been there. Now, a connection to this uh, injury is that just as we're getting ready to record this, there was a report that came out that Ryan Tannehill wanted to be released. Uh, That, to me, would seem to be obvious, right? You know, It's not Minnesota because Dobbs has kind of taken and run with that opportunity, but now that this Cleveland opportunity presents itself, And Will Levis is the guy there in Tennessee. It it stands to reason that Ryan Tannehill's going, hey, get me out of here. Let me go see if I can help the Browns make a playoff push here.
4: Yeah, it it does make a a lot of sense. If you're Ryan Tannehill, DJ might not just be Cleveland. Maybe he has an eye towards the Big Apple and saying, like, hey guys, maybe oh, I yeah, can Oh, yeah, also, the,
0: yeah, the Jets yeah, maybe, too. Yeah. Maybe
4: I can go a bit because I think Todd Downing is up there. Yeah, he's there as, as, as well as our offensive
0: line coach. He came from yeah, Tennessee as well. So, so, yeah. so
4: maybe he has an eye towards, like, hey, New York, y'all are not that far away or whatever. But he certainly is looking around the landscape. He's seeing the success that Josh Dobbs has had in a quick time transitioning to Minnesota and having success. He feels like he certainly can play. And why languish on the bench behind not only Will Levis, but I got Malik Willis there too. I want to go and play. I'm a veteran. I want to kind of finish my career the right way. It makes sense for him to push. What I'm curious about is will the Tennessee Titans let him out? Will they yeah. let him out the building or will they just keep him around, just to keep him around?
0: I mean, I don't think the Tennessee Titans are winning anything. He's done a nice job for your organization. I mean, I don't wanna I don't wanna make it simpler than it is. I guess you do have to think about that, but I'm like, we're not using him. We're not winning. Let the guy go. He's, he's served us well. Let Let him go pursue another opportunity. That's my two cents on that one. Where you stand?
4: Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I, I certainly think that is the case, but let's let's take this. If you're the optimist in Tennessee,, okay. would you release him to go to an AFC rival like the Browns, like the Jets, where maybe down the line, week, weeks 15, 16, 17, maybe you work yourself back into the playoff race. And he's starting for one of those teams that could potentially knock you out. Do you have the optimistic view that that could play out, and you don't want to necessarily beat yourself by letting him hit the open mark?
0: Well, then let me answer your question with a question: <laughs> if you think Ryan if you, you think, Ryan, T- about, if, if uh, you think uh, Ryan Tannehill uh, is that good, why don't starter. you play him? <laughs> how, I mean, how about you, he's not your third quarterback?
4: I mean, <laughs> you, <was> <laughs> you can't have both. If he's, if he's so yeah. good. We need yeah. to play him. You're right. Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah. It is. It is one. Good that's thing. what begs the question. So that's why. <laughs> that's why I'm like. That's just let him go, man. Just let him go. Pursue his opportunities and see if he can make the most of it there with one of those teams. But, um, anyways, there's uh, some uh, connectivity there, which is a word uh, we'll get to. I think on tomorrow's episode is that when we're doing your coach's corner. I think we're doing that on Friday this week. Uh, connectivity spoiler. Alert, that's going to be your word. Um, but uh, to me, when I when I look at another quarterback situation. Uh, That is out there right now. You talk about the, uh, you know, the Deshaun Watson situation. How about what's going on in New England? This has been coming. It sounds like it hasn't been formally announced yet, but there's a lot of reports that, you know, Mac Jones lost the locker room, that it's over, that he's going to be not only the backup, he'll be the third quarterback when they get back out onto the field. And it sounds like that era uh, is over, which is. Man, how about that draft class, first of all? We thought that was going to be unbelievable. Trevor's not playing great. He's struggling. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, it has not happened for Zach Wilson. Uh, You you look at the Trey Lance has been traded. Justin Fields is going to be back in the lineup this week, but that, you know, they haven't won with him. And then Mac. I mean, it's just been, man, for all the hope of that class, it has not been great. Uh, But my question to you is, once you make this move, is that it? He doesn't come back from this there, does he? I don't know how he can come back. If if, if we're talking about he
4: lost the locker room, um, it would be hard for him to come back because ultimately it's about trust and belief. And the team has to believe that the quarterback that you have in place can get us to the winner's circle. And if they don't believe that he is equipped to be able to do it, it's problematic. And if there's another quarterback in the building, whether it's Bailey Zappi, Malik Cunningham, that maybe they're a little more optimistic about, it would be hard for Bill Belichick and get Constance to stand in front of the room and say, hey guys, this week, Mac Jones has the ball and we're going to win. Everyone will say, yeah, Coach, right. You know, but it'll be a very lackluster effort. And so when Bill Belichick makes this move, if this is what he decides to do, he has to know that there's no going back. And there's no going back next year. Um, It -hmm. means that we're fully committed to trying to find another quarterback to lead the franchise. And we just talk about like such a, I mean, an immediate and rapid decline To go from being a guy that played at a Pro Bowl level 14 and went to the playoffs to two years later, he's the number three and his future uh, is is, is null and void in New England. Never would have predicted that, but man, this league is crazy and things happen
0: really, really fast. Here's my question. Um, And this is outside in, just looking at uh, things now with perspective of time. When we say that he lost the locker room, reports out there that he lost the locker room. My question is, when you think back, Cam Newton was there, right? Did he, did he ever have it? They released Cam Newton because they couldn't have Cam Newton in the building in, with in. him. And the thought was because Cam had a lot of support. And so you, you, you hit it. Did he ever have the locker room to lose it is my question.
4: Yeah, you, you do wonder because there was some thought like despite Cam's struggles his first season in New England, there were people in the building that revered him, that loved him. Even Bill Belichick, they never said anything negative. About Cam, when they released him, they just talked about trying to find him an opportunity. It would be hard to keep him and Mac around because he's so revered that he would always command the adulation and adoration of the locker room. When well, now you release him, you give Mac Jones that maybe Mac played his way into earning the respect of his teammates, but now all that credibility has been kind of washed away with a season and a half of poor performance. I don't know if, if if Mac ever had it. I think they were trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because you kind of release a beloved figure in Cam Newton. But now it's apparent. He certainly didn't have it. They're not necessarily playing for him. And he hasn't done himself any favors just because, and we talk about this, DJ, when we're evaluating quarterbacks and we're evaluating all players, but quarterbacks in particular. Body language is everything.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a big deal, man. His bad, his poor body language,
4: man, it makes it hard to really love him if you're a fan or if you're a teammate. Because, man, when it's down. Holy it's smoke. Very, it's, yeah, it's very pouty. It's slumpy shoulders. It's pouty lips. It's everything. Man, that's hard for your quarterback. It's hard for your quarterback to be like that, and it's hard for teams to rally around the position that's supposed to be a leadership position if those are the behaviors that you exhibit.
0: Yeah, and, and look, in his defense, that's a tough act to follow, man. You come in there, it's not, you're not long after Tom Brady has left there's a standard, yeah, there's a standard and whatever, you know, maybe there's a lot of new pieces, but there's still a lot of pieces that are connected to Tom Brady that played with Tom Brady and and man, it'd just be a letdown, you know, no matter who the quarterback was going to be, it's going to be a letdown and I think that that maybe became a little too much for him.
4: Yeah, I, I just can't imagine him having another opportunity to be the starting quarterback in New England when you just think about, like, just going from being a Pro Bowl player to now being QB three to all the things that have happened in between. This is a franchise, like, they have the worst record in the AFC. There's going to be a lot of pressure on this franchise to draft the quarterback of the future. This could be a really great quarterback class that is coming into the National Football League, and if they finish with one of those top two or three picks, it would be hard to say, hey, we're going to stick with Mac Jones and bypass the Kayla Williams or Drake May or anybody else who kind of finds their way to the top of the board. So for Mac Jones, I think what he has to do is, this time that he's on the bench, he has to really work on his game, but more importantly... He has to look and try and figure out how can I be a better leader the next time I get an opportunity to play quarterback in the National Football League, whether that's as a QB2 who hopes for a chance to kind of step in as a spot starter. He has to do a better job of handling all the other stuff that goes
0: along with playing the position outside of playing better than he's performed in the last year and a half. Well, is there a chance that much like Alabama became kind of the rehab for uh, coaches, you know, like coaches would get Mm -hmm. fired and they'd go to Alabama, be the coordinator, then bam, they'd go off and be a head coach. Uh, whoever had issues, they would go there and it was a launching pad for them. Is there a chance that maybe someone like Kyle Shanahan could be kind of like quarterback rehab? Like come in, we'll get you dialed back in. You're not going to have to play, but we'll get you get you you get fundamentally, get your confidence, get you dialed in, maybe get you a little bit of work in the preseason. Maybe if you have to spot play a little bit and then then we'll get you off and get you another opportunity somewhere else.
4: So that brings me to another conversation when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. If Mac Jones, let's just say, let's fast forward to next year. Mac Jones released in the offseason. Let's say the San Francisco 49ers pick him up. Well, obviously, he doesn't have any leverage to command any major money. Maybe no. this is the way that the 49ers kind of continue to operate with a quarterback factory without having to pay significant money to the quarterback while always having the other pieces around. Brock Purdy doesn't make a lot of money. We saw they signed Sam Donald. He doesn't make a lot of money. If they get an opportunity to take Mac Jones, he won't command a lot of money. You're doing it with, okay, spare parts at the quarterback position. But in that system, if it's the right fit, why wouldn't you take another opportunity? Particularly if he is liked, like everyone says that Kyle Shanahan really liked him ahead of that draft. Why wouldn't he go there for that little rehab opportunity?
0: And you think about... Kyle Shanahan's tree and his connections around the league, and I'm not saying that everybody would just take him at his word. But if you're if you're a coach and you need a quarterback, and Kyle Shanahan says you have, I mean, Sam Donald tears it up in practice every day. Uh Um, You know he's done a really nice job for us. He's locked in. He's going to be really good. He knows the offense. He knows the system. We run the same thing. Give us our you know give us our mid round pick. Off he goes, and then Mac Jones, your turn. You you get to go into the development cycle here, and kind of keep that churning.
4: Uh, It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense for everybody involved. It makes sense for the quarterback. It makes sense for the organization because you always want to have good quarterbacks that you're cycling through. Howie Roseman said this years ago, it has proven to be um, true. Man, you always want to be in the business of the quarterback. If you can have a quarterback factory, there's always something that you can get in return, not only in terms of getting a good player for your team, but maybe getting a valuable draft pick from another team because you do a really good job of preparing quarterbacks in your system.
0: All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll hit on some rookies uh, from this last week, their performance, and then we'll get to the game of the week, which is a big one with the Eagles and the Chiefs. We'll do that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill. So you can stay in there as long as you want. You're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap, fresh green Irish shop. Now at a store near you
3: snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly so visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert snagajob.com where america goes to hire
1: picasso knows your vacation home is your best home it's the place that brings family and friends together it's where you're the best version of yourself With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot
0: All right, let's look at some rookies uh, from last week, week 10. Uh, the top performing rookies again. This is our little system that we have that was instituted by our buddy Jack. Uh, it's based off of performance and play time. So the most impactful rookies last week: Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson, a couple running backs, followed by Stroud, who seems to be on here each and every week for obvious reasons. Uh, Jaden Reed from Green Bay makes a spot on here, and uh, and Tank Dell, uh, Texans wide receiver who has been excellent. Then the classes Buck that were the top five most impactful classes: the Packers, the Texans, the Lions, the Bears, the Seahawks. So the Packers, I'm going to see them this week, Chargers going out there to Green Bay. I know the year hasn't gone exactly the way they would like, um, but I think you know as much as Jordan Love dominates the conversation, they're playing a lot of young guys, man, and they're getting contributions from a lot of them as well. They are playing a lot of young guys. They're getting contributions. They just haven't been good enough, not necessarily the players.
4: They just haven't played well enough as a team. You would think that defense would have been able to kind of light them up and, and get it going, but they haven't been able to do it. However, if you're Brian Gutekunst, you're Matt LaFleur, you're looking at the young guys, you're looking at the development, you're excited about what could be. Now you just have to figure out how to take those young pieces and properly mix them with the older pieces so that you can get some wins while you're developing those young players.
0: I'll give you an example of what they're getting out of their young guys, so Jaden Reed, who made that list of the top five rookies for the week, um, he's 37 snaps, uh, so it's a decent amount of snaps, but 84 receiving yards and a touchdown. Um, you look at Musgrave, the tight end. He got 64 yards, playing 60 snaps. Uh, you got Andrews Carlson, has been a good kicker. He's made a couple field goals in that game. Dontavian Wicks, another wideout. He had 51 receiving yards. Carrington Valentine, the corner, uh, 71 snaps. So he's out there pretty much the whole time. Van S., uh, first rounder. He had three tackles in a TFL. Tucker Kraft, the tight end, uh, only six receiving yards, but he played 51 snaps. So th- that's a lot of rookies uh, that they're relying on, which. You know, For whatever this season holds, I, I don't know this is going to be a great year for the Green Bay Packers, but um, you can forecast into the future. Look at the Lions, who are also on this list. Look at how those guys got better throughout last year, and now that sophomore class is, is playing really well. Then they bring up another class behind them. I, I just think it's there's reason for optimism in Green Bay uh, beyond this year.
4: Yeah, there has to be reason for optimism. When you think about just the amount of young players that are playing, you talked about Reed being a guy that's been very effective on the perimeter. If they can continue to get that kind of element with him and Musgrave, and then you get Christian Watson playing at, at a high level. Well, now you've already remade this wide receiver core, and you can have a lot of success as uh, Jordan Love continues to progress. Defensively, they have some intriguing pieces that you just kind of want to fill in places. This is a team, and they had to understand that they, may have ta- they were going to take a bit of a step back when you lose Aaron Rodgers. But if you reset, you refocus, and you add another draft class on top of this one that performs like this one has, you can do exactly what the Detroit Lions did and make a huge jump next season and kind of be back in that conversation as a playoff contender.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you with the Lions, man. When you have the skill players that they have, these rookies with Gibbs, Laporta, um, doing what they're doing on offense, then you have Branch and Campbell. um, None of those guys are line of scrimmage players, but what they've done, when you build up the line of scrimmage, it allows those guys, those skill position players, especially on offense, to flourish. They hit the ground running because you're a running back. You've got room. You've got an offensive line that can block for you. You're a tight end; they can get, they have time to get you down the field. You have to respect the runs. So you get better matchups. Like to me, it all still starts with building in the trenches, and then, man, when you can build that solid core up front, and now you start adding new pieces via the draft or free agency at the skill positions. There's no easy into it, man. Those guys can hit the ground running.
4: They can't hit the ground running, and I agree with you. We, you know, we're we're alike in our, our philosophies in terms of building the team from inside out, investing in the trenches. O-line, D-line, you can't go wrong. When you have that as your foundation, it's easier to get the auxiliary pieces. And when I look at the Detroit Lions and how they're able to play, we can talk about how splashy it looks when you see David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs and Amon Ross St. Brown. But the reason they're able to do all of that stuff is because that offensive line is maybe the best in football. Pene Sewell being able to kind of get it done at the point of attack. And some of those other guys that they've invested in this is a team that has done it the right way. And to think back that Dan Campbell, I mean, Dan Campbell went, through those, went through those early struggles. But right now, they're absolutely beating the brakes off of people in a very physical fashion. And a lot of it has been done by taking their own draft and develop strategies and finding a way to win with homegrown talent, with the right mix of veterans coming from other places to give them that seasoning that this young team needed. It's time for the MTS Game of the Week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, the Eagles at the Chiefs. The spread is minus three favoring the Chiefs. The over-under is 45 and a half. This is the game that everybody has been pointing to all season. A little Super Bowl rematch. We've seen this, these two teams on a collision course. We get a chance to see it all over again. And when I just think about it, let's talk about it from the chance perspective because the team that the Eagles are facing is a different version than the one they saw in the Super Bowl. The one in the Super Mm -hmm. Bowl was not quite as explosive as we've seen them in their heyday, but this was still a more explosive unit. This has been one, this this version of Chiefs has been led by their defense. Their defense is playing lights out. Stingy football, Chris Jones all over the place. Young, second-level defenders really growing up and becoming almost all-star caliber players. The defense has held them down while Pat Mahomes and company are still trying to find their way. This is one where I'm uh, I'm curious to see what kind of game this comes to. Normally, the Kansas City Chiefs want to make it a track meet. I don't think they want to play in a track meet against the Philadelphia Eagles team that is explosive, dynamic, and still waiting to put it together.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see what this game plan looks like from Philadelphia offensively. Because you mentioned the Chiefs defense is good. Uh, and especially... That's secondary. You know, Chris Jones is where it all starts up front. He's a he's a special, special player. They've got some other solid guys up there. But this team, is uh, the defense is cruising because the secondary gets their hands on you. They're physical. Um, they understand. They communicate. There's just not a lot there. I think, to me, the Eagles come out in this game, Buck. And I think they try and run it. And I think Jalen Hurts, you know, now getting a little bit of rest. You know that that can help him as well. Maybe try and get involved a little bit with that run game, even if he's not. I think they come out and try and establish their physicality on the ground offensively.
4: Yeah, establishing the physicality on the ground offensively will certainly help them uh, have some one-on-one opportunities on the perimeter. Uh, my first question: Can the Chiefs cover these guys on the outside? AJ Brown has been ridiculous in terms of just making play after play on the perimeter, and then he is kind of complimented by Devontae Smith. Uh, on the other side, who can also get busy on these deep vertical routes, they have the running game and DeAndre Swift who can make plays. It's a very, very difficult offense can contain. But if they're able to run the football, and depending upon Jalen Hurts' health, if he is able to be a factor in the run game, well, now is pick your poison when you're dealing with the Philadelphia Eagles. Kansas City Chiefs have weapons. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo is unafraid of bringing pressure from any and everywhere. But this offense from the Eagles is very, very difficult to match up with. I can't wait, man! This would be a great game to watch.
0: Yeah, I want to see who's going to be that other weapon um, for Kansas City. You know, obviously, everybody knows Kelsey has been the go-to guy. They've kind of struggled to find that next guy. Rasheed Rice, to me, uh, stepping up would be big for them in this game. Having a having a nice uh, uh, a nice performance, and then I also think, again, as as I said with Hertz, I feel like in these big games. Um, to me, when you've got a quarterback that can move, it can be a total X factor. I see it every time I see Mahomes play. Um, I see him twice a year doing the Charger games, Buck, and it just feels like there's three to four back-breaking runs that he makes on third and four. I've seen him do it on third and 10-plus. Uh, we'll take off and get it. So I'm looking for Mahomes to continue on that uh, on that front, be able to use his legs to kind of component it because they, they are still trying to find themselves offensively. They're not there yet. And again, I would say... I think as high flying as both these offenses have been in the past, and and even obviously this year with the Eagles, I think both these teams come out and try and run it. Now we'll see if I'm crazy, but I actually I think they both come out and try and establish some physicality here because I think you know when you get these pass rushes cranked up, it can be trouble. Yeah, it
4: can be trouble, and so you want to negate that. And the only way you can negate it is you got to run at them, you got to soften them up with those jazz, make them defend the run. Don't let them get in those track stances as we talk about, and let them harass the quarterback. But this game. Should be a fun and exciting one to watch. That was the MTS game of the week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code MTS. That's code MTS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL.
0: There you go. That's a big one, man. We'll be back to, uh, to recap that one next week. Um, but uh, looking forward to all the action this weekend, including some college football as well. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us today. Tomorrow, be, be sure to ch- check us out because we've got uh, Jed Fish, head coach, Uh, at the University of Arizona. It's been quite the turnaround there. He has been around some fascinating uh, figures in the football world, from Steve Spurrier to Brian Billick to Bill Belichick to Sean McVay, on and on and on and on. He's had quite the influences and uh, is a fun guy to chat with. So looking forward to that one. Hope you join us for that conversation tomorrow. Uh, Until then, uh, we'll see you right here, and we appreciate you on Move the Sticks.